It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. I would like to begin today by asking a question. Have you ever fried something before? Now I'm not talking about some shallow pan frying or a little saute oil in a pan. I'm talking about deep frying. You know, in my younger years, I worked at many restaurants and even worked at McDonald's and I've done my fair share of deep frying. Now once while working at a restaurant as a manager, I was walking to the front of the restaurant from the back room and unbeknownst to me, a worker was cleaning the fryer. He had emptied the hot oil into a deep pan. You see, you have to clean a fryer while the oil is hot. Well, that deep pan happened to be sitting on top of a five gallon bucket. As I came around the corner, I did not see this pan and five gallon bucket and I knocked the pan off the bucket and the oil fell on my feet and on the floor. I began to feel the heat of that oil penetrating my shoes. The worker began throwing scoops of ice onto the floor and onto my feet while I hurriedly tried to remove my shoes. Now, thankfully, I did not get burnt. I only began to just feel the power of the heat, that 335 degrees, 123 degrees Fahrenheit hotter than boiling water. However, did you know that oil will also boil? It's true. Olive oil boils at 375 degrees Fahrenheit, sesame oil at 420, peanut oil at 440 degrees Fahrenheit, corn oil at 475, soybean oil at 495 degrees Fahrenheit, and safflower oil at 510 degrees. In fact, when you're heating oil to these types of temperatures, they reach their flash point long before they boil. This is when oil begins to vaporize into the air and it becomes combustible and be made to ignite for a moment. Even more interesting is the fact that as oil reaches its boiling point, in many cases, it will reach what's called the fire point. This is the point where the oil will ignite and the fire and the flame are sustained across the surface of that oil. Now, it may seem a little hard to grasp temperatures of this magnitude. The Apostle John found himself facing these types of temperatures. In the first century AD, the practice of emperor worship was very common for Roman emperors to demand. In fact, a study of history reveals that this was the case with the emperor of Rome at the time of the writing of the book of Revelation. His name was Domitian and he demanded worship. Many Christians died in their defiance of the emperor's command to worship him and those deaths were often executed in very gruesome and heinous ways. There is not an eyewitness account of the event that I'm about to describe, just simply a written record in Tertullian's book of history. I want us to go back in time to the first century AD. 
all the other apostles of Jesus had died except for the apostle John. I imagine in my own mind that the Apostle John was leading people to Christ, assisting the church to grow by leaps and bounds. When a knock came on the door, and then the door was thrown open by the Roman soldiers, I can picture as they dragged John from his Ephesus home to prison, where he was condemned as a heretic unless he submitted to sprinkling some salt on the altar in honor of the emperor Domitian. Of course, John refused to blaspheme his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and worship the emperor. And so as he waited in that lonely cell, I can only imagine the things that ran through his mind. He was alone. All the original apostles had been martyred or died. But any feelings of loneliness, I'm sure, were short-lived as his faith was strong. Then that day came when the guard came. The emperor may have been there in the crowds. We don't know. But I imagine he came to see his kingdom finally rid itself of the remnant of Christ's original 12 disciples. The crowds are cheering as John is led to his fate a huge black cauldron. The wood was all around it. The fire had been stoked as hot as it could. And inside that cauldron was oil and it was boiling. I'm sure flashing flames across the surface. As those temperatures of the oil likely exceeded 400 degrees Fahrenheit, John was led He was led to some type of platform, given a last opportunity to change his mind, but it would not be. Then in one fail swoop, he was cast into that pot of boiling oil, and as the crowds cheered, something happened. The cheering began to quiet, to quiet to a still silence as everyone gasped in amazement. John simply stood in the oil with this boiling hot 400 degree oil not affecting him one bit. I don't know for sure, but I can imagine it was just like that scene of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel chapter 3. One like the Son of Man was standing in his midst. John was unscathed, not burnt, nothing. I can only imagine the fury of the emperor waxing hot as he saw John unaffected. Who knows how they got John out of this oil. He probably had to just get himself out. It would have been too hot for anyone else to touch. And as he exited that cauldron, there is no doubt that all the people knew that they weren't dealing with just any man here. And so knowing that they probably wouldn't be able to kill him, he was banished. Banished to the rock-mining island of Patmos. He would be condemned to die there as a physical laborer, mining rock, condemned as a criminal to die. It's on that lonely island of Patmos that we will journey for the coming weeks Because it was while John was on that island that the Apostle John was given a vision. 
as the Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it was a very special vision. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Did you hear those words? The revelation of Jesus Christ. The word revelation in the Greek is the Greek word apocalypsis, which means the unveiling. Now, when you veil something, it means that you're concealing it or you're disguising it. To unveil means to disclose, to reveal, to draw back the curtain. To all my friends in the Christian world who claim that the book of Revelation is a sealed book which cannot be understood, even the title of the book itself disagrees with such a claim. This book is to be understood because it itself is an unveiling. But it's not just any unveiling. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ given by God the Father, passed on to Jesus, and then given to an angel, and then given to the apostle John to write down in his word. So it serves then to ask, what is it that has been revealed? Right here in verse 1, it tells us, it says, what must shortly take place. Now, many of us know this already, but the book of Revelation is a revealing. It's an unveiling. It reveals what must take place soon. And so often we get so lost in all the talk of the churches and the beasts and the trumpets and the seals and the thunders and the plagues that we lose the whole point of the book of Revelation. And that is that it is revealing what must soon take place to bring about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Throughout the whole book of Revelation, the imminence of Christ's return is the theme. The dominant theme of the book is that Jesus Christ wins and Satan loses. We must never lose our focus when studying or reading about such matters. This book clarifies that the soon coming of Jesus' return and it calls for a people to prepare to meet him. We must never lose sight of this. And if there be any question, John wants to further clarify that matter by stating in verse 2, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Let us remember as we study this book, as we study the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, it, that is to say, these are God's words. We are reading and these words which we read and study are the testimony of Jesus as well as the testimony about Jesus. And then as we turn to continue to verse 3, we get to the heart of the message today and preparation for our series the next six weeks. Notice what verse 3 says. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. There you heard, blessed. 
The word blessed is a word that literally means to be joyful or to be made happy. It is the same word used over and over again by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes as they are known. In fact, in Revelation 1-3, it is the first of seven times the word blessed is used. Those blessings pronounced in the book of Revelation. These blessings, which we will call for our series, the Beatitudes of Revelation. The first of seven Beatitudes in Revelation. In the book of Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus pronounced eight blessings or eight Beatitudes. Now here in the book of Revelation, he pronounces seven Beatitudes. Fitting, isn't it? It fits with the theme of seven that is throughout the book of Revelation. Seven candlesticks, seven spirits, seven stars, seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven thunders, seven plagues. Here, seven blessings or seven beatitudes. The number seven signifies perfection or completeness. It leads me to conclude that if we are to heed the counsel of these seven beatitudes of Revelation, then we might find ourselves perfectly blessed. Now again, Revelation 1-3, the first of the seven beatitudes of Revelation. Let me read it one more time. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. In this beatitude, there are three blessings addressed. So let's look at each of one. First, blessed is he who reads. Now we need to understand the historical context here. John wrote the book of Revelation as a letter. This letter would have been sent to the churches. All those churches listed in chapters 2 and 3, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When the letter arrived, someone appointed by the church would then read that letter publicly before the church. Undoubtedly, this person would be blessed personally by their public reading of the book of Revelation. However, beyond that, Jesus would also anticipate a time for believers to read this book. Just in reading it, there would be a joy, there would be a happiness, there would be a blessing received by reading it. But more than reading, the blessing continues, and that second blessing is this. Blessed are those who hear. Now this word hear in the Greek is the Greek word akuo. It literally means intent listening. This is not merely a casual background type of noise, but rather an intent opening of the mind. It means to listen with comprehension. The message given John by Jesus is that there will be joy, there will be happiness for those that read, those that listen, and those that comprehend the book of Revelation. But then there's one more blessing to keep in mind. And that is the third blessing of this first beatitude of Revelation. Blessed are those who keep those things which are written in it. Now, what does it mean to keep? The Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament and other early Christian literature helps us understand the depth of this word. It is defined as guarding, 
retaining custody of, to preserve, to observe, to obey, and to play close attention to. Now, not only is there a reading, not only is there a listening with comprehension and an understanding, but then there is a doing. Observing, obeying, guarding, preserving. Friends, it is not enough to read or hear, but we need to act upon that which we learn. The verb in the original implies that this obedience or this observing is continual or habitual. You know, James wrote these words in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 23 to 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Friends, there needs to be action in the Christian life. If we read listen and say one thing, but do another, well, we're, we're, we're hypocritical. As the text says, it is like looking in a mirror and then forgetting what you look like. The book of Revelation is a call to God's people to be people of integrity, people who speak and people who act the same way. That is a blessing a blessing to the individual and a blessing to the community around them. Well, why is it a blessing? The text ends with these words, for the time is near. The coming of Jesus Christ is near, friends. And a blessing to someone who reads, hears, and does the words of Revelation it will help them to be ready for the return of Jesus. Friends, we don't have time to play games with God. We must read. We must listen. We must study. We must understand. Then, most importantly, we must act upon it and do what it calls us to do. The book of Revelation is the unveiling of the beautiful plan of salvation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation unveils the beautiful character of Jesus. The book of Revelation unveils the end of the story. God wins. Satan loses. We need to read, listen, and obey the words of this book. My favorite Christian author writes these words in a book by the title, Education. When a real love for the Bible is awakened and the student begins to realize how vast is the field and how precious its treasure, he will desire to seize upon every opportunity for acquainting himself with God's word. Its study will be restricted to no special time or place and this continuous study is one of the best means of cultivating a love for the scriptures. Let the student keep his Bible always with him. As you have opportunity, read a text and meditate upon it. While walking the streets, waiting at a railway station, waiting to meet an engagement, improve the opportunity to gain some precious thoughts from the treasure house of truth. 
friends, the first beatitude of Revelation, the first blessing of Revelation is to be someone who reads, listens, and practices what this book says. Will you be such a person? Will you make a commitment today to Jesus to be someone who reads, listens, and obeys? If you're willing, he promises you will be blessed. Friends, it's only by his grace, only by his grace that we can do it. So let us, by his grace, be a people who read, listen, and do.
Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that there are these seven Beatitudes of Revelation. And this first Beatitude calls us to be a people who reads, who listen, and who act upon what we have read and listened to. We know that we can't do it on our own power. We know we can't do it by our own strength. And so we ask that by your grace, you would give us the strength. By your mercy, you would give us the strength to move forward, to read, to listen, and act upon the words of this book of Revelation. We want to receive the blessing you have in store for us. And so in faith, we move forward and commit ourselves to do it. We thank you, Lord, that you sent this message. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of Revelation is a book that many people make very complicated. But the overarching message is very simple. Jesus wins, Satan loses, and those who read, listen, and act upon his word will be on the side of Jesus and will win with him. Today we want to offer to you a special set of Bible study lessons called Focus on Prophecy. Through the Focus on Prophecy lessons, you will be able to read, study, and understand the book of Revelation. Here's the information that you need to receive those free lessons. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca and select the TV program tab. For Canadian viewers, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call anytime. Lines are open 24 hours daily. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H7B4. Friends, there is a blessing in hearing and understanding God's Word. There is joy and happiness in reading His Word and acting upon it. Sometimes the book of Revelation can be challenging to understand. And at It Is Written Canada, we're committed to helping you understand the book of Revelation and the entire Bible. I want to encourage you to go to our website, itiswrittencanada.ca, and there you can find a number of resources to help you in your understanding of the scriptures and to walk with Jesus. I'll also invite you to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash IIWCanada, and there you can find archives of our program. I thank you so much for watching the program. I would ask that you join us next week. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.